Okay, we're continuing today in Mishnah Yomi. You find ourselves in Moed Cotton, Perak Gimel, Mishnayis Base through Gimel, Chapter 3, Mishnayis 2 through 3. Mishnah Base says as follows, Ve'elu mechabsin b'moed. So remember again, as we spoke about, under normal circumstances, Halach l'bais, you're not allowed to launder your clothing on Chalamayid. The reason for that is because of a concern that if we allow you to launder on Chalamayid, you may come to intentionally leave the laundering of the clothing until Chalamayid, because you figure you'll have more time until then, and then a person enters into the Yom Tiv in a compromised state. So in order to avoid that, Chazal said you can't go ahead and launder on Chalamayid. But of course there are exceptions. People are extenuating circumstances that weren't able to launder before Chalamayid can launder on Chalamayid. For example, someone who returns from overseas, someone who was released from captivity, and someone who was released from jail, and similarly again, someone who was in excommunication, and his ban of excommunication was lifted, somebody made a nether, not to launder his clothing, and then he was released from the nether, right, or mitpachos hayadayim, hand towels, or mitpachos hasaparim, or um, barber's cloths, which are the cloth that a barber puts around the person while he's giving haircuts. Remember again, as you saw in the last Mishnah, since there's a dispensation to give haircuts in certain circumstances, therefore, halacha one would be permitted to launder the barber's cloths as well. Has umitpachos has svag. are like bath towels, towels that a person uses to go ahead and wash off after coming out of the bath, which absorb a lot of moisture. Hazavin vazavos, hanidos vayodos. Similarly, again, the clothing of Zavan and Zavos, who are people who experience emissions, Nida is a woman who is menstruating, Yoldos, a woman who has given birth, Vechala, and these are obviously clothing which get dirty and need to be changed, therefore there's a dispensation to go ahead and launder them on Chalamaid. Vechala, Olamitumalatara, and similarly again, anyone who goes from a status of Tuma and Tatara, right, from ritual impurity to purity on Chalamaid, and therefore a person has to also go ahead and launder and immerse their clothing, Hara and all of these are examples of where laundry on Chalamayit is permitted. Again, the common denominator is that these are all extenuating circumstances as a result of which people weren't really able to launder their clothing before Chalamayit and therefore could do so on Chalamayit. Ushar kol adam asr. However, again, in every other situation, one is not permitted to go ahead and launder clothing on Chalamayit. This now brings us to Mishnah Gimel. Mishnah Gimel ve'elokosim amoyit. So remember again, under normal circumstances, you're not really supposed to write on chalamayit either, as this is considered to be a non-essential malacha. However, again, for something that is a davar ha'avid, something for which you may encounter a loss, you are permitted to go ahead and write on chalamayit. So the Mishnah here now discusses cases of a davar ha'avid. For example, kiddushin nashim. You can go ahead and write a shtar kiddushin, a document of betrothal. This is called a davar ha'avid, because if you don't betroth this woman now, maybe someone else will. Gitin or get a divorce document, a concern if husband is willing to write it now, then perhaps again he's not going to be around later on. He's not going to be around later on to be able to write it. Therefore, we write it now. Chauvin are receipts. Let's say a person borrowed money. They want to repay the debt, but they want a receipt to indicate that they repaid the debt. You could write that. Daitiki. So Rashi says, I'm sorry, the, the Bartanura says that Daitiki ultimately, again, are the words of a shchibmila. A person who is on his deathbed and wants to make a deathbed bequest, you could write, you could commit that to writing. Matana, or a document for a gift. 
Prusbolin. Remember again, a prusbol is a document which, if if somebody lent money before shemitah, shemitah normally cancels debts. So remember again, a prusbol is a document through which a person hands over the debts to the beisdin. In which case, it's still collectible even after shemitah. Igros shum. So igros shum. The Bartunura explains is where beisdin made a valuation of a borrower's property. To the lender, right? The lender wants to lend money, but he wants to make sure his debt is secured. So Bayesden valuates the property of the borrower in order to make sure that there's something to secure the debt. Igros Mazon. See, interestingly enough, Igros Mazon, Rashi explains here, are documents that Bayesden writes up. Let's say property is being sold off, estate property, to go ahead and sustain a widow or her daughters. So so we could go ahead and evaluate and commit that valuation to writing on Chalamayid. Shtari Chalitza, a document of Chalitza. Woman didn't perform Yibum, instead she performed Chalitza. Umeunim, Meunim is the process of Miun. Midra Banon, there is the ability for a mother or a brother to marry off a minor daughter, a minor, a minor girl. But when she, when she reaches the age of majority, or really the truth is before she reaches the age of majority of adulthood, she has the ability to do, to do Miun, which means she could refuse the relationship. And when she refuses the relationship, effectively, the relationship dissolves. It dissolves. Again, they would write a document to go ahead and, and, you know, solidify the fact that she refused this relationship. Ushtare Beirin. So, Ushtare Beirin, interestingly enough, are if two people have a court case, they write a document choosing their judges for the court case. Ugzeros Beizdin. Gzeros Beizdin means halachas, or I should say judicial rulings of a Beizdin. Veigros Shel Roshos. Or again, if there are governmental decrees. So the idea over here is all of these are situations where either, again, if we don't write these documents, there's a potential loss. Or if we don't write the documents, the person who, who, who kind of gives the command to write the document may not be available after Chalamaid. Or again, other extenuating circumstances. So in a vacuum, we would avoid writing on Chalamaid unless, of course, there is a compelling reason to do so or there was the inability to do so prior to Yom Tiv. All right, Shkai, I have one stop over here. Wishing everyone a wonderful day.